in the name of one God who creates, redeems, and sustains us. Good morning. I don't often get a chance to preach two Sundays in a row. But since Reverend Rachel recently stepped up when I was not able to preach, that happened twice, I was happy to help her out this week. Uh Uh-huh. Actually, it is known as payback. And you know what they say about that. Which is where prayer comes in handy. Prayer. Why do we pray? Of course, that assumes that we do at least attempt to pray in one way or another. One of the things that struck me about our story today is that the disciples had a deep desire to participate in a prayer in a new way, to learn something about prayer that they didn't already know from their own religious life, a deep desire to experience for themselves what they saw in Jesus. In various ways, Jesus answers their desire to participate. He goes about teaching them not so much what to pray or how to pray, but why to pray? You know that wonderful old bumper sticker that says, prayer changes things. Jesus tells us that the first thing it changes is our relationship with God. We pray so that we can know God's beauty and character just as we consent to God knowing us. He describes God as the kind of parent Every human being longs to have loving, kind, generous, wise, dependable, available, trustworthy, and patient. It's the kind of relationship that doesn't require formality or timidity, but is easy and intimate. It's the kind of relationship where we can be fully ourselves in all our messy, vulnerable humanness. God isn't pushy or aggressive in getting our attention. God is inclined to wait on us until we become aware of God's presence in us and in the whole of creation. When we do pray, we can have confidence in God's character, that God is right there with us, loving us, not passing judgments out behind heavenly pearly gates. How cool is that? Many of us know the hymn, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. So beautiful. That is exactly what Jesus is advising us to pray for, that the kingdom come. We pray In full confidence that God is with us, we pray for the kingdom of God to come ever more increasingly into our world, into us, into our hearts and the hearts and minds of all people. In fact, it is the central reason why we pray as a community of faith and as individuals. 
Whether it be Matthew's version of the Lord's Prayer that we pray during the Eucharist, or this shorter version from Luke, or a more contemporary version, God desires that we ask for God's reign of peace and righteousness to be fully realized in ourselves and in the world. It occurs to me that when we pray, your kingdom come, we are giving God more to work with. We are consenting to participate and interact with God in God's kingdom now, right now. We assent to God's commandment to love God and our neighbor so it becomes real tangible and firmly embedded in our lives and in our societies. We assent to God's perfect justice as we pray that it roll on like a river and righteousness as a mighty stream. God doesn't just hope that we pray for the kingdom, but welcomes our agitation at it not being completely here. It's not a one-way street. We don't, we're not the only ones pounding on the door for a loaf of bread and feeling ignored when we don't get what we think we need. We're pretty darn good at turning out the lights and going to bed at nine. I know I am. But God keeps after us, giving us opportunities left and right to participate, to learn, to heal, to change, to grow, and to thrive. How cool is that? I recently ran across the book on my shelf called St. George and the Dragon and the Quest for the Holy Grail by Edward Hayes. In his journal, the whole book is a journal, George writes, my story began several weeks ago when I began to feel an unexplained urge to set out on a spiritual journey. I felt it deep within myself, the call to go on a holy quest. George's wife was pissed, and his children were confused. But spirit is clearly active in George, the same Holy Spirit Jesus invites us to pray for with all the assurance that the gift will always be given. Suffice it to say, George's quest took place on Saturday nights in his garage, where he entered into silence and study. In the end, George's guide, the dragon, let him in on the secret. The Holy Grail, like all precious treasures, is found by those who seek it with all their hearts. Seek and you shall find, as it is said, you, George, have sought it passionately, and the passionate devotion of the seeker is the major work of the quest. Passionate devotion. That is how we are to approach our quest to know God, our quest to know our true selves, our quest to become like Jesus and to live our lives in God's presence passionately. Seek with all your heart and you will not be ignored. Spirit is there. Ask for everything you need, literal food, 
or food for the soul, healing from anger, hatred, greed, despair, increase in love, hope, charity, wisdom, or perspective. It will be given you. Spirit is there. Knock on the door with all the persistence of the neighbor and St. George. The door will open. Spirit will be standing there welcoming us, inviting us to participate in unexpected ways too numerous to count. How cool is that? Amen.